Weekly text based Tanya, what chapter are we on? 43. 43, you're all correct. Exactly, 43. Um, with chapter 41, we started learning about different types and levels <clears throat> of awe and love, the two main emotions. Of course, these emotions are all directed toward Hashem. So, awe of Hashem and love of Hashem. And we're going to continue that theme through chapter 50. 41 through 50 is all about different types of awe and love. And how do we generate the different types of awe and love? What do we do? Meditate. meditate. So, basically, we're learning different ideas. Now, you're going to say, meditate. Oh, I'm going to sit on the floor and I'm going to light some incense, and I'm going to clear my mind. No, I'm not talking about that kind of meditation. I'm talking about contemplating deeply on the subjects that we're learning. In other words, we are learning the subjects for the meditations. I can't do the meditation for you. I can teach you what to think about, but then you got to go and think about it. So that's what we're doing. We're going to learn things that if you think about it, these ideas will generate love or awe. Accordingly, but you, you got you have to actually go think about it. Okay. Vihine al Tam at the beginning of chapter forty-three, Perik Mem Gimel. Vihine al Yira Tatozu Shehilakim Mitzvei Sav Yisbarach Bechinus Sumer Rav Asetayv Amru Im Ein Yira Ein Chachma. Regarding the lower level of all, remember we spoke about two levels of all: the lower level and the higher level. Okay. So regarding the lower level of awe, which we mentioned in the previous chapter, which we said is the level of awe that is sufficient to get you to actually do the mitzvahs. How much awe? Well, I mean, emotions really have no limit. They're endless. There are always higher levels of awe. So the lower level of awe is the, enough awe to get you to behave yourself, to inhibit your behaviors, to curb your behaviors, and to do what Hashem wants you to do instead of whatever you feel like doing. And regarding that lower level of awe, our sages, our sages have said, If there is no awe, fear, then there is no wisdom. And within this, there is a small type, a big type. All right, so we're further breaking down this level of lower, of lower awe, lower fear. What does it mean, the two different levels? Well, one level is when the lower awe comes from meditation on the greatness of Hashem. More specifically, what do you meditate on? Do you mamali kolaman that he fills all worlds, meaning he permeates existence? That between one firmament and the other is a travel of 500 years, and in between each firmament is another 500 years. And that the feet of the highest angels are higher than all of the world. These are concepts that probably are hard to relate to. The point is the vastness of creation. We're meditating on the vastness of creation. Okay. And also you think about all of the different worlds, the spiritual worlds. So you think about the vastness of it all, not just the physical universe, but of all the different planes of reality. That's what you're meditating on. Wow. Nevertheless, this fear or awe of Hashem that comes from this meditation is called superficial. Why? Because it results from your contemplation of the worlds. And the worlds are merely the garments of the Holy King. Which Hashem envelops Himself in in order to enliven. However, this level of awe, though we're calling it superficial, is the gate or portal to the performance of mitzvahs. Okay, let's just review this. 
there is a lower level of awe, and particularly a superficial type of lower level of awe, which comes from meditating upon what subject? Okay, the vastness of creation, including all of the spiritual worlds. And it's like, wow, if the worlds are that vast, if the worlds are so big, I can't even wrap my mind around it. So Hashem is so much bigger, right? And that, indu and that induces a feeling of awe, right? It makes sense that that would make you feel awe. Okay. However, he says, what are you getting impressed with? You're getting impressed with worlds. Worlds. Worlds are superficial. It's not Hashem himself. Hashem invests himself in the worlds in order to enliven them. But you're really, you're getting more impressed with his project than himself. You're getting more impressed with the, the finite accomplishments of the Infinite One. So as much as that's very mind-blowing and it's awe-inspiring, literally awe-inspiring, it inspires the feeling of awe. There are other types of awe, and this particular type of awe we describe as relatively superficial, because what are you being impressed with? You're being impressed with worlds. But it does the job. But it does the job. Very good. And that's the point of it, is that it translates into a sufficient motivation for controlling your behavior. Okay. But there's a loftier level of awe, which we call shame, awe of shame. But I don't like the word shame because most people think of toxic shame. They think about self-consciousness, self-obsession, self-hatred, and that's not what this is at all. Yudabashis, the awe of shame, or the shame-like awe, is not self-hatred at all, because that's self-obsession. It's a feeling that it's weird and uncomfortable for me to exist as a conscious ego and thereby present myself as anything separate from Hashem. How could that even be? How can there be anything but Him? So the first level of awe was I'm getting blown away by the worlds, but the higher level of awe is the concept of, of totality, that Hashem is everything, and that even my separate sense of self doesn't belong in that, in that context. What? Yeah, deeply humbling. That, Not just humble like, oh, I'm not so proud of my accomplishments, but more like my existence itself. Like, why do I exist? Like, only Hashem exists. It's so weird that I have this conscious awareness of self. Why should I be, why should that even, why should I even have that concept? And yet the argument is going to give you that Yeah, but that's, that's another phase. That's another meditation. Yeah, don't... You, you're so scared of maybe uh, what this bitta will do, you're already mitigating it by saying what you would do afterwards. He's already telling me to come down. Just don't worry. You don't, you won't, won't hurt anybody to totally surrender to this feeling. Like, this whole class is only an hour. I don't think it'll destroy anyone to, <laughs> to do this for an hour. Okay. <laughs> There's an inner level of awe which comes from the inner quality of godliness which is in the worlds. Meaning, not the worlds, that's the superficial thing to be impressed by, but the godliness itself. Allah Amru, so regarding this level, it says, Imein Chochma Ein Yira. Now hold on. 
Do you remember a few lines earlier at the beginning of the chapter we mentioned im ein yira ein chachma? Yeah. Now he's saying im ein chachma ein yira. He switched it on us. What? Maybe they're the same. Maybe they're the same, but they're opposite. So which is first? We have two formulations. We have im ein yira ein chachma, im ein chachma ein yira. So which one was first? Im ein yira ein chachma. That was the lower level. Okay. And presumably the lower level is first because if we're going through a process, we start with the lower level. Sure. So why is im ein yira ein chachma the lower level? Well, remember what he said, Imein, what, was, what was the takeaway from the first level, which he called Im Ein Yira Ein Chachma? What will be the result of it? It's superficial. Yeah. And it leads you to do Torah mitzvahs. It leads you to Torah mitzvahs, okay. This one is basic. Very basic, yeah, it's the first level, of course it's basic. Well, you have to work for both of them. Well, even revealing the innate fear is work. Yeah, we've spoken about that. Yeah. Um, the first level, imen yira in chachma. We're talking about the most basic level of yira. We're not talking about a deep, deep, deep appreciation of Hashem. We're talking about just enough of an appreciation that will get you to live according to Hashem's rules instead of doing what you want to do. So that's the first level of Yira. What? When you have a certain amount of wisdom, you realize that, like, who am I to even have awe of Hashem? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah. So you start with the, the basic, basic Yira just means control yourself. Just inhibit yourself and, and do what Hashem wants. And then that leads to Chochmah. Chochmah basically on the lowest level means a level of, uh, of, of living according to Torah Mitzvahs. Imein Yira, if you don't have a modicum of respect for Hashem, reverence, then you're not going to monitor your behaviors and you're not going to choose accordingly. So then, ain't Chochmah, you're not going to live a life of Chochmah, which on the lowest level, Chochmah means just living an observant life. However, then after you do that, Imein Chochmah ain't Yira. There's a level of awe, a higher level of awe, that can only be reached after you're living in accordance with Hashem's will. So there's a level of awe required to just get yourself to begin living the way you need to live, but then there's a level of awe that you'll only attain after you're living how you need to live. That's why there's two levels. What? It is, yeah. It is peaceful, yeah. And more surrender. It is total surrender, yeah. Yes. Or in general is surrender. How do we get there? How do we get there? Okay, through, through uh, the process. The first thing is we have to do the lower level of awe. So we do contemplate the grandeur of all the creation and the universe and the worlds. And that instills us with a certain level of reverence, which then leads us to live a life aligned with Hashem's will. And then living a life aligned with Hashem's will allows us to, to, to reach the higher level of contemplating really how our own separate existence is a, an anomaly, makes no sense, and then we reach the higher level of all. He'll, he'll explain here. The Chochmah, what we call Chochmah, we translate it as wisdom, he comes from two words, Kayach Ma. Chachma is the transmission of the letters, four letters, Kayach Ma, the power of Ma. Ma means what, but it also means the unknown, the unidentifiable. Or like it says, Chachma Ma'ayin Timotze. Chachma comes from Ayin, from nothingness. Chachma comes from nothingness. It comes from nothingness because it's invention. It's the first thought that pops in out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, from another plane. Also we say, who is a chacham, a person who sees what will be born, meaning someone who is prescient, somebody who can 
see what is going to happen. And here, though, he explains Haraya Esanailat a little bit differently. He says, Pirush, what it means is, he looks at everything and sees how it's being born from nothingness. How it's the speech of Hashem and the breath of Hashem's mouth that is causing this thing to come into existence. Like it says, all of the heavens, all the hosts of the heavens are created through the breath of His mouth. So Echachem is the one who recognizes the relative non-existence of all of creation. That, yes, it exists, but it does not have its own autonomous existence. It is constantly being brought into somethingness, out of nothingness. And even while it's being brought into somethingness, out of nothingness, that is an imposed state. The essence and the default of all created beings is nothingness. Hmm. Nothing truly exists but Hashem. Accordingly, the heavens and the earth and everything in them, they're all nullified completely to Hashem's speech. Metaphorically speaking, the relative non-existence of the created beings is like the relative non-existence of the sun ray within the sun. You've heard that metaphor before. So now we're coming to the higher level of awe. Not just the lower level of awe where we're blown away by the vastness of Hashem's creation, but the higher level of awe where we are contemplating the relative non-existence of creation. There's nothing but Him. You know the sun ray within the sun metaphor. I'll review it for those who don't remember or who weren't here. (coughs) You look at a ray of sun. And it has an identity. You can look at it, you label it, you point to it. But then you go up to the sun and you don't find a sun ray in the sun. Where's your sun ray? Where did your sun ray go? There are no sun rays in the sun. The whole phenomenon of a sun ray only exists away from the sun. So too, the whole phenomenon of the appearance of creation only exists because we are removed from seeing the essence of the Creator. So therefore we see creation. But in reality, if you would trace all creation to its source within the Creator, it has no distinct, discrete identity unto itself. There is only one essence, there is only one existence. So this is the contemplation of the higher level of awe. I feel like if we nullify creation, we're nullifying Hashem. If we nullify creation, then all we have left is the true essence of Hashem. The Buddhists have a very simple solution for this. They'll tell you that the phenomenological universe is an illusion. That's a very easy way of dealing with this whole thing. We're not so lucky. Isn't the Kavanah that we should have, um, while we are doing Shema? The Kavanah of Shema, yeah, is Yehudi Allah, yeah, that everything is oneness. So like I was saying, the Buddhists, I don't want to teach Buddhism, God forbid, but they just say that uh, the world doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's a dream. We say, no, the world exists, but the manner in which it exists is the subject of a very common delusion. We are deluded about the nature of created existence. We think of it as a secondary or inferior type of existence to Hashem's existence, right? There's the Creator's existence, which is primary, and the creation's existence, which is secondary. Wrong. Creation is not a separate existence, even an inferior grade of existence. There is only one existence. So that's what we're contemplating now. That there is but one existence absolute existence, who we call Hashem. 
Isn't if that you like think that everything is an illusion, it sounds like you're delusional. <laughs> well, there's an illusion and there's a delusion. An illusion means something that's not there. A delusion means it's there, but you're mistaken about your, uh, how, yeah, what you think it is. So we are deluded by the but nature of creation. Because we know. Well, we are, except Baruch Hashem, we have chassidus to learn. Yeah, I'm saying our default setting, the brains that Hashem designed, the brain, the human mind that was biologically engineered by the Creator, was made to be very easily deluded about the nature of the phenomenological universe. That's part of the plan. But Baruch Hashem, we have these holy texts that allow us to rise above the delusion. And that's also, is that also the reason Chabad, the first letter, is Chachma? Um, it is Chachma, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know, I can't follow the logic. So when we say that we're, we're supposed to be building a place for Hashem in this world, that's our real purpose. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, you know, um, Yeah, don't worry about it right now. Uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about Dira Yeah, don't right, worry about so it right now. Let's just focus on this. Let's just be here. Because if we had a six-hour class, I would allow us to take a walk down different corridors and then eventually come back to the main place but don't let's just stay with this it's okay it's not going to kill anybody i love how the survival mechanism gets totally triggered here everybody's like it's so funny it's like you would think like turning out the lights and playing spooky music you guys are acting like such a threat that we're even talking about these ideas like fully lit room anybody who's feeling queasy could walk right out the door go get some fresh air walk out on the central avenue it's okay. It's okay. We're going to talk about the non-existence of the universe, and nobody's going to die. It's going to be okay. No, I just think we're all God. Yeah, well, everything's God. Okay. There's only God. Right. Okay. No, no, I don't want to undo that. Let's just be there. Let's just be there. It's okay. It's all right. Very soon it'll be one o'clock and everyone's going to go look at their phone and they're going to have to deal with the world. It's okay if for half an hour we just let ourselves completely get into this concept. Okay. Let, I, I don't know. I'm not dialing concept, it back. Is the concept ain't no God? Ain't no God. Yeah, yeah, yes, correct. Yeah, okay. That's one of the ways of expressing the idea. Okay. Okay. And a person should not exclude himself from this category. You know what that means? It means you're looking around, you're like, oh, wow, the trees are really just Hashem's speech. Oh, the cars are Hashem's speech. Oh, the clouds are Hashem's speech. Yeah, what about you? Me? Yeah. It's not just what you're looking at. It's what you're looking with. It's not just everything you're looking at is really the oneness. It's what you're looking with is also the oneness. Therefore. There's no therefore. Just be be present with this concept. Is this a level for like fabric? Because like Well, this book is called Sefer Shalbanium, so apparently this is not a level only for a tzaddik, meaning to say it's okay for you to learn it. You wanted an excuse. You want to say, oh, shoot, I just read the special tzaddik page. Ladies, forget it. Let's turn the page quickly. Let's get out of this. This is not for you. No, it is for you. It is for you. This is for you. Rabbi, is this part of the meditation? Yes. Okay. I mean, so you have to go meditate on it. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. That even your body, your nefesh and ruach and neshama, your levels of your soul, are also all bottle b'metzius. They also lack any separate existence other than the word, the divine speech. It's all divine speech. Everything you're looking at and what you're looking with. It's all divine speech. This is a higher level of all. And if anybody tries to kill this buzz one more time, you're going to be, you're going to get a, a ban. Zero. You're going to get a ban. We're going to ban you. Never banned anyone from the class yet, but I'm threatening a ban. What? Neshama. Nefeshuch Neshama. Okay? It's so funny how threatening this subject is. Okay. 
we're, we're going to do it. We're just going to lean into it. It's okay. At the end of class, your cell phone will still be there and all the tedium of this world. You can always return to the tedium of this world. And if you're feeling like you're flying too high, you could even glance at your phone right now and be completely sucked out of this experience. Just don't ruin it for the rest of us. We're all trying to get into it. Okay. Now, Hashem's speech is united with his thought. like we spoke about above Prokim Chof Vechof Aleph in chapters 20 and 21. Hashem's speech is united with his thought. Barichus, we spoke about it at length. And we metaphorically explained it, comparing it to a person. That one word from a person does nothing to deplete the person. It's not like it's taking away anything from the substance of the person. So relatively speaking, a w one word from a person is nothing compared to the person who generates that word. And the world, all of the worlds, are Hashem's words, and they are relatively, therefore, nothing compared to Hashem who issues those words. This is what it means. Yiras Hashem is Chachma. Chachma is the ability to perceive how all that we relate to as something is really nothing. And that is what leads to the real Yira, the higher level of Yira. Chachma is the ability to perceive that everything that we relate to as something is really nothing. It's non-existence. And that leads to the higher level of Yira. See, the lower level of Yira was pondering the grandeur of existence. The higher level of Yira is pondering non-existence. <coughs> okay. However, it is impossible to reach that level of Yira and Chachma, or and, I don't want to translate it as wisdom, but the ability to see the nothingness. It's impossible to reach those levels except through performance of Torah and Mitzvahs. You have to lead an observant life. Which is brought on by having the lower level of awe, which is attached to contemplating the, the creation. That's what we said at the beginning of the chapter. If you don't have a certain modicum of respect and reverence for Hashem, then you will not have, you won't live an observant life. But if you don't live an observant life, you will not be able to reach the higher level of awe where you perceive the relative non existence of creation. So you need the Yira, lower level Yira, to get the Chachma in order to have the Chochmah they re to reach the higher level of Yira. Yira, Chochmah, Chochmah, Yira. Okay. So that was one, actually it's two meditations. A lower level meditation, which instills the lower level awe, and a higher level meditation that instills the higher level of awe. You're all clear on what these subjects are? Okay. Now, watch what he does. In Ahava, in love, there are also two levels. So we just learned two levels of Yira, or Now we're going to learn two levels of Ahava, of love. Avarabha va'avaselam. One level is called Avarabba, great love, abundant love. The other is called Avas Elam. Avas Elam is tricky to translate because the word Elam, well, one way you could translate it, and it makes sense to translate it that, this way based on other contexts, is eternal love. Avas Elam, like La Elam Va'ed. But that's actually not what it means here. Yeah, Avas Elam here means 
love that comes from Olam, that comes from the world. Remember the level of Yira that comes from the world? So there's a level of love that also comes from the world. And it's the lower level of the two loves, just like it's the lower level of the two awes. Avarabba would be the higher level of the yeah. two loves. And where does that come from? We're going to find out. Oh. <coughs> Avarabba, the higher level, which we call abundant love. He avabatanugim. It has a nickname. It's also called a love of delights, delightful love, blissful love, pleasure love. Vihi shall have a soilameelaha. It's like a flame that rises of its own accord. It's passionate, blissed out love of Hashem. Where do we get it from? It comes from above unilaterally as a gift to those who are already complete in their yira, in their awe. Like it's known from the saying of our sages, It is the manner of a manner of a man to follow a woman. That means a man is supposed to go out and find his wife. She's not supposed to find him, he's supposed to find her. Well, <coughs> masculinity is love. Femininity is awe. So it is the way of the love to follow the awe. You're only going to get avarabo or avabatainugim after you are perfect in your awe. Sha'avanikas ish, love is called man, v'zachar, or, or masculine. Kamesha Kosvalik, it says, zachar chastei. A little play on words, which means chesed, which is kindness, which is love, is masculine. The isha and a woman is yiras Hashem. Isha yiras Hashem. He sees Salah, like it says in Eshesh Chayim. Kaneda, like it's known. Ublik dimasayira, without first having the awe, ef shalagil avarabazu, you will never get to avarabu. Because that level of Ava is from the level of Atsilas, the highest world, the world of emanation, where there is no separation. And you can't have anything from that world until you're ready for it. You won't be ready for it until you reach the higher level of awe. What? No. Why, why are you being morbid? You can't reach it. I said how you get it. You can't reach it. It's a, it's a gift that's given. Well, it's not automatic like it just happens out of nowhere. There's a very... It's automatic once you're doing the mitzvah and they have the awe. Once you have, yeah. Once, once you've done all that stuff, yeah, then it's automatic. I mean, it's not automatic like out of nowhere. It's automatic based on a whole context. Yeah. What? Yeah, you have to be perfect in both levels of Yira, and then you'll get the Avarabba. And that's a, lo- a level of love that is an absolute delight. It's called Avabitainugim, which means pleasurable love, blissful love. It's a feeling of being just completely smitten, completely in love with Hashem. And it's uh, just a really pleasurable experience. And it's intense. He calls it a flame fire that rises up of its own accord. It's an intense, blissful experience. Yeah, the hidden, latent love that's in the heart of every Jew, that's the bequest of the, the Aves. What about it? Where does it fit in? We're going to talk about it. It's very good. You're, you're thinking, in the right, thinking in the right direction. Okay, because where, where is... I don't know if this is your thought process, but it's like so far, the past few chapters, we're talking a lot about love that is generated through meditation. And you're remembering back to chapter 18, you're like, well, what about the love that is not from meditation? It's just there because we all have it. Yeah, that's a great question. So we're, we're going to actually get to that very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ahavas Elam, however, the other type of love, which we call Ahavas Elam, which I told you doesn't really mean eternal love. It means wor- worldly love. He abo matvun avadas bigdulas Hashem ain't of baruchu hamamali kolam v'sevik kolamin. 
it comes from meditating on the greatness of the infinite one who fills all worlds and surrounds all worlds. And that everything before Hashem is considered as naught. And the metaphor for that is that the relative non-existence of the world is similar to the relative non-existence of a word before it's spoken, while it's still in one's mind, or an emotion that one feels before it's felt, while it's still in a cognitive state. Now when you do this meditation, you think about the world and its relative non-existence, this will automatically cause one <coughs> to have a feeling of love and that that love will become divested from its current garment. What does that mean? Dahainu, that means that your love will no longer be invested in any worldly physical pleasure. You will no longer desire anything of this world. Only Hashem. Who is the source of all of the worldly pleasures. That everything in the world is not before him. There's no comparison between the creation and the creator. Like you can't compare nothingness to eternality. That's about how incomparable. Like it says, Who is there for me in the heaven? Meaning, in the spiritual realms, what am I interested in? It's a rhetorical question. Nothing. And aside from Hashem, what is there that I want on this earth? Rhetorical question. Nothing. Call a shady levavi. My, 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 my body and my, my heart yearn for him. Tzura levavi vigaymer. He is the rock of my heart. Kameshi is boiler kama like it's explained elsewhere. In other words, what does he explain? He explains that the lower level of love called Avasalam begins with a contemplation upon the, gra- the greatness of the world, similar to the contemplation of the lower level of awe, begins with a contemplation on the greatness of the world. But what happens is you start contemplating the world. Oh wow, there's so much in the world. It's so delightful. It's so Oh, it's so wonderful. There's so much in this world that I'm interested in. There's so much in this world that I'm drawn to. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hashem made all that stuff. My love should not be directed to what Hashem is making, which is relatively non-existent compared to Him. My love should be directed where it really belongs, only to Him. So, it's interesting. It's a love that begins. That's why it's called Avas Olam, a worldly love. It's a love that begins with acknowledging the fact that we do love things of this world, things that Hashem made. But then you take that love and you transfer it or reappropriate it to where it really belongs, which is instead of loving that which Hashem made, loving Hashem Himself, which when you meditate on the relative non-existence of creation, it makes perfect sense. Why would I love that which is relatively meaningless when I could be loving Hashem, who is, who is real, who is the only real thing, the only reality? You're transferring the love. If you don't have love for things of this world, then you can't do this. You can't uh, create this love. Because it's a That's a cute way of saying it, and you know, there's a certain truth to that. Like, Hashem made the whole world just so that you could fall in love with it and then realize that that's not really what you love all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, there's a perspective that way. You could say the whole world exists just so that you could think that's what you love and then realize, no, what I really, what I really want, what I've really been looking for all along is Hashem who made the world. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a... Stepping stone. Yeah. In his kindness, because he knew we wouldn't get there, that we, most of us couldn't get there. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an educational process, meaning it goes step by step, incrementally. Yeah. Okay. Is there any mm. Or I'm about that everyone is with Hashem and you have full um, love. And you're coming down to the world to like work on the stuff. Is it that to be of a different level than I You're asking what's the purpose of attaining these levels of awe and love here in this world? You're saying in, in Elam Haba and Gan Eden, all the souls are going to have tons of awe and love of Hashem anyway. So why, why don't we just have all the awe and love of Hashem when we're in Gan Eden? Why are we having awe and love of Hashem down here? Is that basically what you're asking? Yeah, like what are you saying? Yeah. I'm saying is it that you're at different levels of, of awe and love in no. this world? No. Because everything is here in the next world. What's the purpose of embodiment? To perfect. To perfect the world. Okay. We perfect the world through our actions. We also perfect the world through our self-refinement. You're also part of the world. When you can get your heart, your human heart, to feel these feelings, that is part of refining the world. Which is really nothing, but he who is everything and the only reality seems to be very interested in it. So, yeah, yeah, and for now, let's just leave it as a subject of wonder. That's a very high level of understanding. Yeah. It's hard to grasp. It is hard to grasp. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a pottery class. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 we're trying to make sense of it. Right. Yeah, we just got to... But we can't. We can't, no. Exactly. And we have to have the humility to realize we can't. Yeah, a little humility, exactly. Exactly. The Book of the Unknown. The Book of the Unknown, yeah. Okay. No, the Book of Humility. All right. Now, let's see if we can finish off this chapter. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be really okay. cool. Okay. Okay. What do you do if you have this problem? I know a lot of us have this problem. That you don't have love for anything of this world. And in fact, you don't even have love for things of the spiritual world because you were never fooled. You only loved Hashem your whole life. So how could you have love for the spiritual world? Not possible. No, because the spiritual world doesn't mean Hashem. The spiritual world also is creations. Spiritual creations, like angels and stuff. So let's say there was somebody who never had that problem. He never loved ice cream. He never fell in love with anything physical or even spiritual. He only loved Hashem alone. What can he do? Because the whole premise here is that you're taking the love that you have for that which Hashem made and you're reappropriating it to, to Hashem. So that, you, what? Well, some guy might, you know, it could be a fluke. A guy could have this. Yeah. <coughs> so he says he has other uh, solutions. He could use the meditation that we that we talked about above, and that we will explain later. He'll basically jump straight to the uh, to uh, the higher level meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Like Yitzchak. Yeah. Like Yitzchak. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's something that happens. It's not common. When it happens, the uh, physician on call calls all the residents around he says come look at this you're not going to see this very often sometimes this ava will come before yira we said earlier that the love usually comes after the fear meaning you have to have first the basic respect and then you can start to feel the love sometimes there's a fluke where you'll have someone who'll have the love first before the respect Meaning to say, 
it's unlikely that someone who can't even inhibit his behaviors and be Torah observant is going to have love of Hashem. However, it could happen as a fluke. It's all dependent <coughs> on how it comes from the Das. The Das is the intellectual faculty which has uh, the two, it's where things split off into Chesed and Gvura that go toward love and awe. Sometimes a fluke happens and the Das channel toward Chesed opens first before the Yira channel. And he ends up feeling the love before the awe. Normally it's not how it happens, but it could happen. Malachin, therefore, what, what could happen when that does occur? There could be a wicked person, a sinner. He could suddenly do tshuva out of love. By suddenly remembering Hashem, his God. Normally that's not what happens. Normally somebody who's a big sinner will be struck by a feeling of yira, and he'll stop. But sometimes, it could be a fluke, the, the ava will, will, will kick in first. Now, you should understand, even when that happens, there's yira in that ava. There's awe in that love. It's just that the awe is hidden within the love. There's a level of awe which is fear against sinning, fear against fear of rebelling against Hashem. and the love, but the love is what is more revealed. So on an, uh, on, an, on a conscious level, the person will be aware that he's experiencing love. But in a on a hidden level, there is a certain feeling of awe that's in that love, which leads him to feel like he doesn't want to rebel against Hashem. However, this is uh, something that happens. It's a phenomenon. It's not a normal thing. And it's something that happens when Hashem organizes and orchestrates it and it'll happen because of some pressing, urgent need where the exception will be made. Like, for example, a famous story, which is an illustration of this fluke. The Rebbe Lazar ben Derdoya. The story in the Gemara, the Gemara Nevei Zora, of Rebbe Lazar ben Derdoya, who was a, a wanton sinner. He was a professional sinner. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he had this amazing tshuva experience, which didn't really even make sense. Mm-hmm. However, the normal process for working on these things, the one that's actually dependable and you can replicate and it is subject to your choosing, meaning the Elizabeth and the stories are not subject to choosing. You can't will them to happen. They happen or they don't, and they usually don't. <coughs> so the normal process which you can actually choose to engage at will, is what First, you have to start doing Torah mitzvahs according to the lower level of awe, even the superficial level of lower level of awe because then you'll infuse the light of Torah mitzvahs into your soul by actually doing the mitzvahs. And then only afterwards, you'll get the light of love. And you shall love is the same gematria as light times two. Why? Because light, the, because love is usually the second light, the sequel. Yira is usually the first thing. Now you control yourself. You maintain a certain level of self-control because of your reverence for Hashem. And then once you're living that way, ah, then you'll have the ava kick in. So that's the second light, base palm and oil. 
But it could happen a fluke, and we have recorded incidents where it occurred this way, where the love came first, and that induced the commitment to Torah observance. Okay? That's the end of chapter 43. So bottom line. Yeah? So okay, bottom line. We just learned four different types of awe and love. Let's break it down. How many types of awe? Two. Two. How many types of love? Two. Okay. Within the awe, what do we have? Lower level. Lower level and higher level. Okay, and what's the relationship between the lower and the higher? Im ein yira ein chachma, im ein chachma ein yira. Right. So you have to do the lower to get to the chachma to get to, to the higher. The lower level of awe was what? Contemplating what? Lower level of awe, contemplating? The world. The world. Oh. And being blown away by the vastness of creation. And then that gives you a certain feeling of reverence. Then you become committed to Hashem's will. And then with that sensitivity, you can start to contemplate what? The nothingness of creation. Okay, and the Hashem is the only thing. Great. Those are the two levels of all. Then we had two levels of love. What do we have? Avarabba, also known as? Avabatanugim, and then we have another type of love called Avasolam. Very good. Okay, Avaraba, where do you get it? After you do all the Torahs and Mitzvahs, it's automatic. Right, right. After you've done everything else, then it's given to you. You can't attain it. Yeah, the higher level. It can only be given. And Avasolam, the regular love. How do you get it? You meditate. What do you meditate on? The greatness of the world. And then what conclusion do you come to? That it's only Hashem. That it's only Hashem, and therefore, why am I projecting my love upon the created beings, which are relatively non-existent? Why don't I direct my love to Hashem Himself, who is true existence? Avabitanugim is a synonymous term for Avaraba, which nice is the Ava which comes as a matana, as a gift from above. It's a nice name for a kosher restaurant. Kosher restaurant called what? Avabitanugim? Yeah. yeah, okay. And then they won't serve any food. They'll just be tzaddikim <laughs> sitting there and be like, <laughs> go and meditate. Okay, we're all good? Okay, all right.